Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. All month long, we are talking to experts in the financial world because our topic for the month is Money Matters and sometimes money matters. And with money matters, we have a variety of experts that are gonna help us figure out how to do, you know, make better decisions with our money and for our financial futures. So my guest today is Steve Goodman. And for more than 30 years, uh, he's provided insightful solutions to the challenges of business succession, wealth preservation, retirement, and charitable planning. He's also the president and CEO of SHG Planning. He currently serves hundreds of clients focusing on the needs of owners of closely held businesses and high net worth individuals. And he's also the author of Business Succession Planning, a guide to transfers, sales, family harmony, and minimizing litigation, all important elements when you are uh, running a business, believe me. And he's also written numerous articles for leading trade journals. He's also paired with some of the most respectful names in banking and finance to sponsor over 150 seminars about business succession and wealth preservation and it's brought him attention from publications like the New York Times. Steve Goodman is a CPA who was vice president of the trust and investment division of J.P. Morgan Chase and a supervisor for KPMG Pete Marwick. He holds an MBA from Fordham University, and this is one of the things I really loved about his bio. In addition to his work with SHG Planning, he's been a big brother for the last 15 years, and he's passionate about supporting charities that fund education, of underprivileged children. So thank you so much, Steve, for joining me today. Michael, thanks for having me. A great background and a great rich history in your career. So I had some of the highlights of you know who you are, but tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, your business, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Well, I, I, I spend time in a lot of different areas, but I would say my main focus is dealing with successful entrepreneurs regarding the succession of their business, whether that be primarily the family, sometimes amongst other partners, or sometimes the key employees. Mm -hmm. I'm not a business broker. I'm not somebody out there looking to find somebody to buy their business. This is generally people who want to keep the business going and within family partners or employees and try to give them you know, very creative guidance in those areas. Yeah, and it's really important too. It's funny when I started this company, I really started just to do speaking and training. And so I never really thought about the, you know, the, my business succession plan. And over the past couple of years, especially working with um, people who uh, have built and sold businesses, 
it really made me understand that I need to think about that end, that end strategy. And, you know, what does it mean to keep, you know, the business going after, you know, I decide to retire or, you know, who, who takes over what, you know, what's the value of my business. And I think there's a lot of people, especially solopreneurs who might not realize that, you know, preparing for something like that can actually be a really important part of your growth strategy for a company. No, no question. I mean, look, Everybody has a business succession plan. It may not really have been planned out, but you know, if go off a bit tomorrow, you don't wake up. You know, what happens? Yeah. You know, I and obviously the older you are, the more that kind of hits you and you think about it because you have friends and business associates that have you've seen that happen to. But mm -hmm. even when you're young, you, you never know. And you know, you have to have some plan in place. Many businesses, small ones especially, the succession is that the business is going to end. Right. So to them, there really is no business, and there may be very limited value the family's ever going to get. But, you know, there are businesses that would certainly have a lot more value if they planned for those type of events rather than just they happen. Yeah, I agree totally. You know, I mean, even thinking about, you know, with my own situation is that, you know, even if, you know, we, we've changed actually the business a great deal in the last year so that there are portions of my business that could be sold, that could be acquired, that could be, you know, carried on or, or picked up by somebody else. Um, but even if I hadn't done that, you know, there's still the evolution of my books and, and pieces of, you know, the business that I think it's really important to, to plan for that. So, you know, who's going to watch it, who's going to manage it, who's going to benefit from it and not leave it to chance because you're right. None of us really know what could happen tomorrow. The best thing we can do for our business today is to, is to take this kind of look at it. Without a doubt. Look, you spend all this time, hopefully building up a nice successful business that's providing for you and your family. And it's kind of a shame if you don't plan things out, you know, sometimes you know, the only thing you could do is you could have like life insurance. You could say if something happens, yeah, my family gets money. So at least, you know, in the event of death, there's something to family or disability if you get sick. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't think that out. They don't have adequate insurance. They haven't done adequate planning. They never think it's going to happen to them. You know, one of the things I said, one of the main reasons people don't plan is planning takes time. And it takes time away from things that you need to do today that you think are more important. Mm -hmm. So like you get in in the morning, you have 10 things on your to-do list. To, for me to tell you to put your to-do list away for a couple of days and worry about something that probably won't happen for a long time, hard to get people's focus. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, it's, it is so important and it's it's all those pieces to running a business. I know that you know we're we're doing a lot of things right now in my business that you know that will have long-term payoffs like you know I'm I'm finishing getting um, my certification as a woman-owned business. But it takes time and effort and and you're right. I have this little stack of I've got like five more things that I have to do to finish all my paperwork and and you know to get those done, you have to clear time away on your schedule. But doing so, don't you think that when you work this way with your clients and really getting them to dedicate that time on their schedule, 
does it help them take a different look at their business? Meaning, you know, they start to see it with a different kind of value when you start to think about how to plan a succession? Look, I think anytime you're open, if you're dealing with somebody who brings stuff to the table and you're open to listen, it's always interesting to hear a, a new and a fresh perspective from somebody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I find people aren't realistic. Like, you know, oh, so, so if something happens to you, you have a couple of key employees and they're going to keep the business going for your <laughs> wife or your husband. And they're going to stay mm -hmm. because they're loyal. And, and you haven't done anything to lock these employees in. They're just going to decide that you're not here anymore. And we're going to kind of run a business that we don't really own. It's, you know, well, you know, my kids are perfect and they're going to do everything exactly the right way. You know, <laughs> like it's, I find when I speak to people who, who live in like a little bit of a fantasy world, it's very hard to plan for them because I don't think they're looking at, at things realistically. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's open-minded, I may hit them with a few things they haven't thought of and they may say, oh, wow, that really concerns me. Mm -hmm. But planning for, for your business and the succession of your business, it takes time and it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. Well, and that, this is kind of just a, an, a random question, but because I've worked with so many clients uh, who they are, they're family business owners and they have their kids working in their business or maybe even their grandkids working in their business, but maybe those aren't the best people to run the business, you know? So sometimes we can get blinders on when we have family in, in the dynamic. Um, when you, do you come across, you know, uh, you know, clients like this and do you help them to maybe question some of those, you know, succession plans that might involve people that might not be able to really take this business to uh, either maintain or to the next level? Well, it's interesting that you say that because it causes tremendous issues. Yes. I, I'll explain it from both directions. There are parents that obligate their children to come into a business that that the kid the child may not be equipped to to run and you have children that sometimes either feel obligated to go into business or sometimes what happens is they it's the easy way out you know like i could go get a job in my family's business they're going to pay me a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year I was having trouble finding myself, so mm -hmm. I'm going to go into the family business. And it's unusual. It's unusual when you find a family business where the parent didn't shame the child to come in. <laughs> the child really wants to be there. Yeah. The child really is equipped, or children, it could be more than one, child and children are really equipped to uh, to you know, come in and run the business. And it gets even more complicated, more complicated when you have kids in the business, kids not in the business, or you have multiple kids in the business. Every one of those dynamics make it more and more complicated because mm -hmm. if you ask most parents, I've had a few that didn't answer this this way, but yes, most parents, like, are your kids equal? Like, are they equally smart? Are they equally hardworking? <laughs> are they equally driven? You know, 
I mean, anybody who has any level of realism is going to say, no, that's not the case. Right. Each of them have different things they're better at than, than one another. So, you know, when you have two kids in a business and one's been in the business for, for picture this way, I have a kid in my business for 12 years and I have another child that came into business five years ago. Mm. But my child that came into business five years ago is because they're younger than the other one. That's why they haven't been in as long. But that child's actually sharper and better equipped to run the business than my child that was been here for 12 years. Yeah. How do you think the older child who's been in the business for more years is going to take having the business ultimately run by the younger brother or sister mm-hmm. and taking direction from the younger brother or sister when all through life they've always been telling their younger brother and sister what to do? <laughs> exactly. you know? And now all of a sudden they're the boss. So a lot of times parents say, mm, I can't do that. I can't make my you know, older child answer to my younger child. So they either make it 50-50, which mm. causes problems, yep. or they let the older child kind of be in control when they're really not equipped to be in control. So like you have all of those dynamics. And then when you, then when you tie in the spouses of the kids, especially if you have sons or the daughter-in-laws, all of a sudden like get annoyed that their husband isn't being treated fairly. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter-in-law says to the husband, you know, I don't think your father's treating you right. And to be honest, I've always had issues with your dad. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, don't want my, I don't want the grandkids going to your parents anymore. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden they hold the grandkids as like hostage to the parents. And then the parents are like, oh my God, now what do I do? Do I have yeah. to like change my plan because I'm afraid that my daughter-in-law is not going to let me see my, my grandkids. I mean, these all sound kind of like, eh, but they happen. All yeah. of these things really, truly happen. They do. Yeah, I have, I've seen it as well. And I've seen power struggles like you're talking about. Um, you know, one client I, you know, I'm thinking of in particular that the power struggle between the, the daughter and the son um, is really causing a lot of disruption and, uh, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, the parents, you know, sit back and think, well, they'll figure it out. They'll work it out. This is good for them. And I'm like, this is not good for your business. It's not only not good for your kids, it is not good for the health of your business because good people in that environment who are not part of the family are made uncomfortable in those situations. And it, you have the opportunity to lose good people or you even lose good clients um, when you haven't clearly, you know, been honest with what are we trying to accomplish with this business? And, and the whole question of succession and planning for that is so emotionally charged when you have family involved. You know, you know it's actually interesting. Like I, I do this with people. Like I meet somebody like you and I say, okay, Michael, how many kids you have? I got two kids. And like, how do you kids get along? Oh, my kids, they're great. They get along great. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, and let's say they're in business together. They get along great. Everything's great. And, and like, and then I say, like, Michael, let me ask you a question, just out of curiosity. What's your relationship like with your brothers and sisters? And what's your spouse's relationship like with their brothers and sisters? Oh, we don't talk to my brother-in-law. Oh, we have this. So, you know, like all of it. And I say, so what makes you think that your kids, when you, especially when you are not here anymore, yeah. to kind of like keep things in, in check, what makes you think your kids are going to get along any better than you get along with your siblings? 
or your spouse gets along with theirs. So it's, 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 it's an interesting, it's a very, very interesting dynamic. I'll give you a quick story. You'll appreciate this. Yeah. So I go to dinner with a couple that I'm friendly with. And there's, they're in a family business, the husband's, husband's family's business. It was started by his mother's father, so his grandfather. So he's in business with his brother. And his brother is part of my French, a little bit of a screw up. So <laughs> has drug issues, alcohol issues, all these issues. So the wife, who we're friendly with, you know, is telling me about how, how it's unfair. You know, my husband's really putting in all the effort. His brother's a total screw up. You know, they're still sharing and all the profits in the business. It's not right. You know, and then I say, let me ask you a question. You got three kids. You're not here anymore. You're upstairs. You're looking down. <laughs> and one of your kids is going way out of the way to take care of one of your other kids. Like they're really watching out like your son's watching out for your daughter, your daughter's watching out for your son. Like, wouldn't that make you proud as a parent that you, you've, teach, you've taught your children to think that way? So I go, why is that any different than what your husband's doing with his brother? Yeah. It's okay if your kids did it to each other, but it's not okay if your husband does it to his brother. So I, I always try to take people through that, for people to sit there and go, mm-hmm. Like, you know, all right, I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it. So it just shows you why this is such a hard and complex area, especially when you have family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Steve. We will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back and we are talking to Steve Goodman and we are talking about, um, you know, just one portion of what I know you do, which is dealing with succession planning. But um, I know that with all this month, as I've been asking all my experts to talk about, you know, what steps can each of us take? You know, what can you teach us that we can take away that will help each of us to make some better decisions financially for us personally or professionally or within our businesses. So something that will really help to, you know, guide us and make us realize we actually can control our financial outcomes. Well, look, I, I think in general, some of the things that I think are very important is to surround yourself with people you trust that are bright to be open-minded this i find is a big issue a lot of times people have like they have their accountant they have their lawyer and like you know oh my accountant's doing it my lawyer's doing it like i think it's important to be open-minded to mm -hmm. listen to other people hear what they have to say i think it's great when you're an entrepreneur to be in groups with other entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that sometimes that are in your business so that they understand exactly what you're going through and then sometimes entrepreneurs that may be in other businesses 
that can give you different perspectives on things. I think most of the people that that aren't properly advised are ones that like they don't really expand the people that they're willing to hear from. And it's I think that's like like uh, like sometimes I could be referred into somebody and they'll say like I've taken care of all of that. I got it all taken care of. And mm. I don't want to be rude, but like I, I say, let's say the person's an electrical contractor. I'll go like, like, I don't know anything about electrical contracting. So like if if you told me you were going to do work for my me and my house, I couldn't say for sure, like, oh, I know all the electrical work that's been done in my house has been done right. Mm. I would have no idea. So with all due respect, how do you know? that everything's been done right. You're mm -hmm. an electrical contractor. You're not an expert in this. What you could say to me is, I have people around me that I trust, that I, I feel have done the right thing for me, and thus mm -hmm. I think I've taken care of everything. That I get. But, yeah. but the truth is, if you're never open-minded to ever hear what anybody else has to say, how do you truly know, not that, your advisors would be, ever do anything to harm you. I'm not saying they're not looking out for your best interest, but nobody knows everything. Mm -hmm. And the more times you're open to talk to other and speak to other bright people, you know, maybe they hit you with something. And then as long as your advisors truly care about you and their ego doesn't get in the way and they're open to add another person to the team that brings value, if you could do that, you'll have good planning. But if either you're close-minded or your advisors have ego and they don't like to let new people into the store, mm -hmm. uh, those are the people who generally don't get the best planning and advice done for them. Yeah, and I think that even comes into play of, you know, thinking that you know what you know that it's all good or thinking you know you have the answer when you when you aren't the expert in it and you're right if you if you have people you really trust um and you feel confident in that that's great but the more we talk to other people the more that we ask questions the more that we say you know say well what do you do you know what what who do you can who do you uh, talk to when you have issues with taxes or finances or you know uh you know even within entrepreneurs who you know, who do you go to when you need, you know, marketing advice, all those other elements that we pull in and are willing to listen, um, sometimes might change what we're doing and sometimes might say, you know, might remind us that we're really on the right path. But I, I think you're spot on to, to be open because the more that we talk, the more that we listen, the more we will learn and the more we may find opportunity. Look, and, and if you get reinforced that what you're doing is right, wow. Like think of think of what's the downside. I can I'm either going to get reinforced that what I'm doing is right, which is going to make me feel good, or I'm going to maybe get some new ideas or strategies that I really hadn't thought about before. Now, yes, your time is valuable, and you can't meet everybody, <laughs> and you can't do it 24/7. But some a, a very large percentage of people I find are just very close-minded, and they're not open to hear what other people could possibly bring to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, is there any other last tips that you think that we should be uh, keeping in mind? Uh, you know, just learn. Try to be, like, I find that 
I want to be smarter every day that goes by. I want to learn something. I want to say, wow, I learned something today I didn't know before. Uh, and, you know, it could be something to do with business. It could be something to do with my health. It could be something to do with finances. It could be a new book. It could be a new show. Like, just, I think that's one of the great things about being alive is that there's constantly new things you're learning about every day. And I advise people to always learn. <laughs> it just reminds me of how when I, I said to my husband, I, I don't know if this makes me old or smart when I actually enjoy watching the History Channel. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny you say that. When I was in school, I probably hated history. Oh, yeah. But now I love history. Absolutely. Love yeah, because when you're young, you're like, I don't care about what happened before. I only care what happens now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I love history. I love to learn about things. I love to read a, a great book about history or watch it a documentary. I mean, it's great. Absolutely. And I like that. Be, be smarter every day. I thought might be the name of your episode here. And Steve, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now to find out how they might work with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, I'll give you a few things. If they go to stephengoodman.biz, they could download a free copy of my book on business succession planning. So anybody that has a business, I think would find it very interesting. They could also go to my website, which is SHG Planning. I have on the site um, numerous articles. I've written out of 60 or 70 articles. I have um, you know, some videos and podcasts that I've been on there. Um, they, my email address is sgoodman at shgplanning.com. And in the COVID environment, my cell number, easiest way to reach me, 516-297-7390. <laughs> Excellent. And before we go, Steve, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I don't think so. I think the couple of things I just went over would probably be my little pieces of wisdom. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. Michael, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.